biggest surprise for me season one was obviously coming off Big Bang and feeling so um, accepted by mm. the business. Um, I was so worried about people being like, why is Penny doing this? Like, why is she was on that? And she's a sitcom girl. And now she thinks she can play this. Like, I was so worried about that. And what's funny is after season one came out, it was as if they let me just jump on this new path and mm -hmm. they accepted it and they supported mm -hmm. me. And it gave me, it was so unbelievable. I, I, I didn't expect that. I expected a lot of judgment right. um, and I got so much love. And so I hope this season is the same. I am so proud of what we did. No one can get me down because I know how hard every person worked. All of our directors, all of our crew, the sets, all this stuff. I mean, we went to freaking Iceland. We went to Berlin. Like it was a big undertaking and yeah. I'm very proud of it. And I just hope people can just enjoy it and say that was really fun. That was a really fun show to watch. Let's Shoot with Pete Chapman is a podcast on directing for anybody that's quite simply ever watched anything. Pete converses with a wide range of fellow directors, writers, actors, showrunners, producers, executives, and more on a journey to determine just what makes a good director and why we'll always need stories. The Director is Pete Chapman's digital studio, built on the pillars of craftsmanship that ensure a unique vision. I'm talking about story, innovation, perspective. Learn more about the director, and better yet, get your official director's chair wear by visiting www.drctr.video. That's drctr.video. All right, people, here we go. Welcome to episode 38 of Let's Shoot with Pete Chapman, starring Kaylee Kuoko of The Flight Attendant. Um... So it's been a while since we've been here. Um, our last episode, yikes, was four weeks ago, people. Um, and I will take all the blame. I will shoulder all the responsibility for that. Um, we have been uh, shooting away on Reasonable Doubt. We are, at the time of this intro, uh, today is uh, Thursday, April 14th. Um, at the time of this intro, we are wrapping up episode 106. We will begin episode 107 on uh, Monday. Uh, 106 is directed by the indomitable Julie Dash. Um, and 107 is directed by the amazing Carl Seaton, who was a guest on the podcast back in episode 26, 11 months ago. And uh, you can listen to him uh, talk about his experience as a director, directing Snowfall and his feature one week and all that. But I digress. Um, the quick catch up, because it has been a month, um, is production's been going well. You know, uh, we're moving along lovely. And um, yeah, we're, we're two episodes from the finale, um, which I'll be directing. So I'm super excited to get back in the director's seat. Um, director's chair. I've learned a lot. It's been really dope to kind of watch all these different directors and their processes. So we're talking, you know, Kerry Washington on the pilot, Nima Barnett, Darren Grant, Julie Dash, Carl Seaton, um, Numa Perrier, who uh, will be after Carl. And, you know, I'm taking notes, people. Um, I'm learning new ways of uh, perhaps tackling things on set. Um, I love seeing the different vibes and the, and the things that, you know, are created amongst the crew by the different directors, and it's real good. So 
that's that. But today's episode is a special one. On Thursday, April 21st, that's tomorrow, if you're listening right now, on the day of this episode's release, Thursday, April 21st, season two of The Flight Attendant is dropping on HBO Max. And I got to tell y'all, it's dope. Um, I say that with no uh, with no objectivity. Uh, I don't even know if I'm coming at that the right way. I'm not biased. How about that? Um, I, I had the pleasure of directing episode five of eight. Um, I had the pleasure of working with number one on the call sheet, Kelly Kuoko, who you will hear more from. And I got to tell you, it's a special show. A lot of times, um, you know, you go into a season two and they say uh, in music and in TV shows, you hear about the sophomore slump. You know, you have something that you put your heart into, uh, your first album, your first season, you put all this work into it. You've been developing it for so long and then can you come back and top it and oftentimes the challenge is uh not met because maybe you didn't have more to really say than you did in your freshman outing so to speak but Steve Yaki, Natalie Chaidez, Kelly Kuoko and and the team um really dug deep into this Cassie character they might have dug deep five times into the Cassie character you'll know when you watch and have put together an amazing show. So I hope you will enjoy this conversation with Kaylee. She let me know that she does not do podcasts, but somehow I was able to rope her into a nice conversation. So let's dive into it. Episode 38 of Let's Shoot with Pete Chapman, starring Kaylee Kuoko of The Flight Attendant. Roll sound. Speed. The interview. Take one. So I like to, when I interview uh, actor producers and all that good stuff, I like to ask about a particular name and see if it jogs a memory. Can you can you tell me about Pammy Green? Pammy Green? Yeah. Am I supposed to get stumped? Am I supposed to know who that is? <laughs> I don't wait. I don't know who that is. Oh no, it, this is not starting well. <laughs> it's it's the character you played. Does that help? I have like a crazy memory, and that is not coming up. I thought it was like someone that I worked with and that I really <laughs> should have known. Pammy Green. Pammy Green. Um, okay. And, and look, IMDB can be wrong at times. Uh, okay. but it, how about this? It's your, according to IMDB, it's your one, two, three, four, five, your fifth or sixth TV credit. And it was a show, um, where the, I guess the star's name was in the show. The star. Oh, Ellen. Could it have been Ellen? No, no, um, no. Mm. The star's name was in the show. So it was a show. Mm -hmm. It wasn't my so-called life. That would not be someone's name. I'm trying to think when I was very little that I am truly stumped. And I have a very good memory. I remember everything I've ever done. And I do not remember this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. If I gave you the clue, um, Maselli. Tony, Tony Maselli. Speaking a different language, literally. uh, Tony Danza worked with him multiple times. Could that have been his show? The Tony Danza show. There it is. 
my god. There it is. All oh. right. Oh my god, you got me. I'm not got a lot, and I was like, "What is he talking about?" I did not. You never know. It. Well, for all the New York actors, I'm usually like, "Tell me about you know so and so," and they're like, "Ah, that was my Law and Order episode. I was, yeah. I was, I was nine years old." You know. I know. I think um, everyone's been on Law and Order, but me. I never did an episode, but everyone I know has done an episode. <laughs> to write a write a passage. I know. So, I know. So hopping back um, to that time, how did you, um, how'd you end up getting into this interesting world of acting? You know, I have been doing this forever, uh, my whole life. I've never had another job. And it was something when I was really little, you know, I was really into sports. Um, and so my parents, I did multiple things when I was really young. I, I loved tennis. Obviously, I loved horses and I would do all these to go to these art camps. And then I also auditioned and it was like one of five things that I did and I my parents were very adamant about it's a very cheesy statement I've said it a lot it's not all your eggs in one basket and so they didn't want me to just to be acting or just to be playing tennis or just to focus on this they got a little worried about me getting too heady and so I was so young and I think it helped with heartbreak and it helped with learning not every day is great and you don't get every job and so I would kind of oh this audition, I didn't get that. Well, now I'm heading to go to my tennis tournament or I'm heading to do this. And I did so many things as a kid that there was never that, oh my God, I didn't get that. And that has really transferred into my entire mm. career. I am truly able to kind of close the door and move right through. But I have been doing this my whole life. I mean, we have home videos of my dad. I was probably four, five, six years old, literally saying, okay, happy face, sad face, surprise mm -hmm. me I, I would do we would every night and I couldn't wait to do it and I'd be like this close to the camera he's like you need to back up I could not get close enough to the camera and you gotta go you gotta move back Kaylee Kaylee move back that was like every video move back move back well, um, you, you you knew the close-up was a, an important <laughs> thing at an early age I now, did. <laughs> how, how did you how did you like hone so all right so you hop in you, you've got tennis you've got acting you've got horses you've got a variety of interests uh, how are you getting how are you like getting better in each one like did you have like an acting coach did you have a, a, a tennis trainer like what was it what was it like so as far as the acting thing it was interesting um I got a I went to an acting class very early on I was probably nine or ten years old and I had a really bad experience um the teacher at the time Actually, I'm going to fast forward. You know, at the SAG Awards, how certain actors will talk at the very beginning and say like uh -huh. 10 sentences, like an I'm an actor. So a couple of years ago, I got to do that. And I told this story in a more in a shortened version. But this acting coach that I had um, actually told me that I will never make it and that she calls my my type of acting and my type of energy pots and pans acting. And she said that in front of all my peers, all these 10, 12, 14 year olds in front of everybody. And I said, what does that mean? And she goes, all you do is you bang around and that's pots and pans acting. You're loud and you, you're knocking into things emotionally and you're not grounded. And I never, ever forgot that. I got in the car, cried my eyes out. My mom made me go back the next week. She goes, I need you to go back one more time and then you can decide. I went back, ended up being the top of this class. And this right. teach to this day, and I never forgot that, but she, it was traumatizing. I mean, I was 10 and I still remember. Um, but I knew, I think for me, as far as like honing my craft, which I can't stand that, that sentence, but it's part of my soul. You know, a lot of people mm -hmm. ask me about that and you do coaching, but 
I, I was meant to be this. I was meant to do this. It was truly who I was from very, very young, a young age. I knew I would never have a normal job. I knew, I knew from five, six, seven years old when my parents sat me down after I got my first big project and they were like, this is a real job. Do you really want to do this? And I was like, there was no question. Um, but from then on, I kind of, I'm very gut. Um, I go by my gut and I'm very reactive and I've kind of taken that with me through my career and kind of trusted my instinct. And, um, you know, I mean, we work together. I'm very, I kind of am in the moment. (laughs) I'm not a bit like, I'm not sitting, studying, and how should I do this? I like to be in it, especially with who I'm working with and feel it. But that's how I was my whole life. But that could be for for people listening too. That that is not that's minimizing all the work that you're doing though too, right? Thank because you. because there's to be able to be in the moment, you have to have thought of everything. So then, when things come to you, you have a filter that can push them in the right direction, right? Versus like responding to any impulse and not having an idea of whether or not it's going to land. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, I do feel silly though when I talk to other actors and I do these like round tables and they all, everyone has their process, right? And I do get a little embarrassed because I I don't have one. Like I really am from my stomach and my heart and um, that is my process. That's how I get to where I need to be. And um, so it, sometimes I feel like it, it looks like it's easy and you're right. It's It's not, I appreciate that. But I don't know. It's a natural feeling. It comes naturally right. to me, I guess. Right. So, I, you know, it's funny. I, I was I was listening to this Mira Sorvino interview, uh, really good interview on Mark Marin, And she was talking about how at like eight years old, <laughs> her dad sat her down and he was like guiding her how to get to emotional truth. So she could like find sadness and call on it to get to the tears and she was like you know it's kind of traumatizing yeah (laughs) yeah but but I but she was honing that craft like really early um what do you think you were kind of learning in these early classes outside of like how to persevere from asshole teachers um you know like what were your kind of if you can look back are there any takeaways from from the early years of of honing the craft I could always, I was a very sensitive child. I'm a very sensitive human. I'm very emotional. I could always, I was able to cry on cue. I was always very um, in touch with how I felt. And my parents were very encouraging of that. Um, I remember going into auditions. They were like, do you need to, do you need this to help you? And I would never ask for any help. I always had everything memorized. They never understood it. I mean, they would tell you this today. They're like, she would go in and she knew what she was doing. And, but I was very in touch with my emotions at a very young age. And um, could tap into that. As I got a little bit older, I have different ways that I get into it. Like even with flight attendant, because this season was mirroring so much stuff that was going on for me at home. I had so many things I could tap into emotionally. I mean, mm-hmm. in one second, I could be on the floor bawling my eyes out for so many different reasons. And so I right. felt like I had a plethora of, um, I don't know, baskets to kind of grab from things to grab from that emotional basket. But I've always been very in touch and I think I'm just a sensitive person. And so even if you read dialogue that's sensitive, it it makes me want to cry. And if I couldn't cry, I knew it wasn't right for that moment. And I never forced anything. Right. Awesome. What was, what was the first story that you kind of remember having an impact on you where you were like, 
huh, you know, words, uh, scenes, you know, uh, people talking around a campfire, like it can it can resonate with me and, and make me feel a particular thing. I think, obviously, I started very young. I was five years old. But I, I think that the moments that have been hit me as an actor and the people around me it was really when I worked with John Ritter. And I do tell this a lot. I talk a lot about him, but it, it never gets old to me because that is my truth. Like he... When I was on that set, when I turned 16, I had that year and a half of him with him. Hearing him talk about um, just the business and watching him on set and watching him, how he how he spoke to the crew, how he talked to the fans, how hard he would make me laugh. I mean, he would know his dialogue like the back of his hand, but he would, he would fuck up constantly. And I knew he did it just to make everybody laugh. I was always like, we just... He knows that like, but I, I knew that was his way of giving to these people and to this audience. And I just watched him and I learned how to be a leader. I really did. And I do tell this a lot, but it is true. It all goes back to John. And I owe a lot of how I am today um, to what I learned from him. And that really, I only spent a year and a half with him, but it totally mapped my path for my, for how, how I am, especially on sets and how I treat other people and how right. I want to be treated. Right. I do want to come back to this when we kind of get to the flight attendant of it all. But like what were what's what's the way I want to ask you this? Maybe it's like a it's like a this or that. Right. So like what were like maybe two or three great things that you learned from John specifically. Right. And then on the flip side, what were maybe two or three things? You don't have to name these people or shows but that you saw um, that were uh, not conducive to building that kind of environment that you knew you'd take to your own show? John used to always say, I, there's a lot of, there's two different ways to look at this. Some people say all press is good press, right? John used to say all press is not good press. And he was very adamant about that with me. And I've actually heard all press is good press way more. I don't know about you, but I feel like people say that, oh, if you get the eyes on it who cares what the eyes are from who cares what you're doing to get people to see it right he totally did not believe that and that has been like tattooed on my brain for my whole career sometimes I'm like mm -hmm. maybe that's not the best the what the, those eyes that you want on you you know at this moment right. but he it was really about who he was like he taught me like being on that show it was like a tree and whoever's at the top how you however you act and how you treat all trickles down right and that I remember watching him being like, that's how I want to be. I want to be loved. I want to love everybody. I want everyone to feel respected. I want everyone to feel included. No one is better than the next. He, he was that person. He was that person. He stopped for every fan. He took every picture. Those are the moments. Those are like, those are what people remember. We might not remember that, but they'll remember that for the rest of their life. You know, mm -hmm. I've been lucky to work with a lot of great people who are good people and who really have that standard. But there's been a few that I've yeah. seen that don't do that. And that makes a difference. That affects other people. Um, it's very simple. Don't be an asshole. Like it, it, it is so simple and I don't understand why, why it, no one gets that. <laughs> like working right. on a stage and, and looking at your crew and you know, treating them well, you're gonna get the best work out of them. I've been very lucky. I mean, I've been doing this for 30 years. I've worked with very few people that are assholes. And I, I've, I'm very proud to be able to say that I've worked with great people. Um, but you do see the difference and it just makes me right. want to be better. But it was really a personality thing with John. It was just how he treated everyone. And um, I, I, I always want to be that way for the rest of my life.
Right. Uh, and I, I told you this, I think, in in the interview uh, that I had with you for the show um, was uh, Adrian, who had been a DP on season one, yeah. was like, yeah. she's the best number one oh. that I've worked with. Um, <laughs> so, you know, um, that, that's the truth. Huge compliment. Love him. That's a, All that. You know, I got, to, I got to experience that. So I feel like that's, um, you know, especially when you're doing something that's so, the job is fun, but there's also like, the job's a job, right? And, yeah, and yeah. enough 5 a.m. mornings in a row, you know, everybody gets a little irritable, but like, you can kind of, yeah, <laughs> you, can, you can pull that back and, and still make it a, a, a vibe that people want to report to. Um, so, all right, so going back to the kind of earlier years when you were getting started, like, how did you get that first, you know, big break, if we shall? So I did a lot of small, I did a million commercials when I was younger, but I did a lot of small guest spots and just slowly, slowly, slowly started kind of building my resume, but a lot of small, small things. I did this film when I was, my God, I must've been eight years old. It was called Virtuosity. I'll never forget this. And it was Russell Crowe's first American film. And Mm -hmm. Denzel Washington was the hero. And -hmm. Kelly Lynch played my mom. And I was, Kelly and I both had blunt, um, short haircut bangs. We looked, I literally looked like her mini and I played her daughter and we thought this was going to be like the biggest film of like Mike, that was it. I was the Dakota fanning of my time. Like, this is it. My career, this is going to be huge. The experience was unbelievable. I still remember it. Like it was yesterday. It was such a flop. <laughs> it was like so bad in my mind. It was ahead of its time. But that's just me trying to defend this movie that I thought was going to change my life. People aren't ready. They're not always ready. They weren't ready. (laughs) They weren't ready. Um, But the experience was unbelievable. Like you were bringing up that name and I didn't remember what shocked me, the character name, because I remember this film. I remember Mm -hmm. Denzel. I remember his trailer that was filled with, um, he had a big weight trailer that he did all his workouts. And I remember Mm -hmm. Russell Crowe. It was like, one of the coolest experiences of my life, but that was like what I thought was my big break. It wasn't. <laughs> I remember this film, and and what I'm you do. I remember was there. There was something about like they were here. Was there a devil, or or they were like hearing something? The, it and, was um. It it wasn't a devil. They it was uh, what is the name of it? it? Um, where you're in the your alternate reality. Um, uh-huh, what's the name? Uh-huh. What's the? I don't know the term. I'm I'm spacing out, but. It, it, that's why I say it was ahead of its time because it was like futuristic. Like you wear the, you're in the machine and you can go into different worlds. Yeah. I'm not going to yeah. say it's Avatar, <laughs> but maybe 2%. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, you know, and that was, wait, that was, I have it right here. That was 95. Ago. There you go. That was 95. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, at that point, God, that was like right before like. Artificial now. intelligence. Sort AI. of thing. There you go. Yeah, AI. Yeah, yeah. that's that's yeah. Oh, seven. This is oh bugging God, me. I'm I'm remember. There's just there was some character. Whatever. There was some character name that they were constantly they were trying to find, and it was a weird name. Like, uh now I, in, I, I can't. In virtuosity. In virtuosity. Oh, how some, funny! It was like really? some like other name for the devil or or something like that, and they were like trying to find. And there was a lot of like shaky camera, like yeah, really, oh um, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I saw it, but you know, well, I that, appreciate that. Yeah. You know that, but I, I think I've probably seen most Russell Crowe films and 
every Denzel Washington film. Uh, same, I know that was. I ran into him a couple years ago, and I'm like, do do I say I was in that movie? And I brought it up, and I was, I had to, I had to, I had to. I'm like, you're never going to remember this. And he did. He's like, that movie wasn't very good. I'm like, no, it wasn't. But it's a memory I have for the rest of my life. He was right. like, I totally but get that, it. That check cleared, though. That check, check cleared. Check yeah. cleared. Yeah. So, so that was definitely not my break. But I think Eight Simple Rules, the John Ritter show, was my break. Yeah. I mean, that was like, it also told me how much I love comedy, told mm. me how much I love sitcom. I love making people laugh. That was, that definitely, I think, put my comedy, like, I don't know, career on the map a little bit yeah um, and I, I loved it I loved it I loved sitcom um and then obviously I mean I owe everything to Big Bang I really do right that was a but roller coaster let's talk about because you were doing in the beginning right you were kind of doing more multi-camera than yes. single camera right um and had you had you developed like a, a desire to do one versus the other, or did it kind of just happen when you when a simple rules came along? Like, did you I think it just happened. No, I didn't have a preference. I you know you just want to work, and I was very excited about being a series regular. You know, all my mm-hmm. actors out there understand. You know, you get that pilot, get that thing picked up. It's like the oh, hallelujah, like amazing. Um, no, I was thrilled, and I did learn how much I loved sitcom at that time, and I. I always kind of thought I was funny. I like being funny. I like I'm I'm very self-deprecating. So I and I watched John. I mean, that's his MO of like making fun of himself and falling and you know, doing all these silly things. Um, I was like, I want to do that. I want to do that. And uh, to this day, it's still one of my favorite things. But I think that led me into loving sitcom. And then when Big Bang came around, I was like, this is gonna be how, you know, I think this is gonna be good. And right. I got to make people laugh for a long time. Do you find uh, so multi-tier question are most of your friends in in the in the industry doing comedies and then the the second question is do you find them to be funny in real life or more like you know more uh serious you know it's funny a lot of my like high big comedy people i do feel like end up being a little bit more serious in real yeah. life especially like some stand-ups and things i feel like they can be a little bit different I don't have, I have like a core group of girls and they're, they are in the business to an extent, but a lot of them aren't like I, mine are a lot from growing up and we're, we've the same for years and years and years. And, um, I feel like I have a lot of acquaintances in this business, but, and I, there's a lot of wonderful people, but it's a lot of people like I grew up with. I think, I mean, I, I come from comedy. I like to think that I'm funny. I like to think that I make my friends laugh. Um, but I have other, you know, then I have great friends that are dramatic actors that are absolutely hilarious. And I'm like, you've got to do a comedy. And they're like, no, no, right. no, no, no. Like, they're afraid of that, um, right. which I always find so fascinating. Like, you're you're hysterical. You're so funny. Yeah, it's, that's why I ask. It's so interesting because a lot of times, like, like the people that are, like, really funny, like, it's no jokes when you hang out. Like, it... <laughs> Yeah, a little more serious. Yeah. You know, and then like I have a few friends that are are about to do comedies and I'm like, that's going to be dope because people don't know like you're fucking funny. But like all of your all of your roles are like buttoned up and dramatic. Yeah. We had some um, some well, we had a lot of great guest stars in Big Bang with some actors that would come in that were more dramatic and would literally be terrified. And I'm like, what this is going to be, you're going to have so much fun. And they're like, we don't know how you do this. How do you do this? And they're like, great actors. And we're like, what do you mean? Just like make a stupid face and you're going to laugh. And someone's gonna... But they really, it was really hard for them. And 
they looked at it like what we were doing was so hard. And I'm like, but, but it is. And then them trying to dive in because we are so musical and especially being on the show right. with these guys for so many years, it's like, we're so quick and you know right. how quick I am. There's no stopping. Um, so trying to get in there, I can understand would be a little intimidating, I guess. I will, I will say, and you know, if you put a gun to my head um, and made me say, which is harder, gosh, I don't even, why am I bringing this up? But I would say comedy's harder. You because would. I, I would because you can find the drama, but if you can't find the funny, it doesn't you're work. Right. You no, know you're what I mean? Right. Like you're right. And and like I've done I've done a bunch of shows where like it's kind of a little bit of a tone tightrope and it can pivot within a scene and you'll work with people and be like, oh there's there's no pivot. Not gonna pivot. No. There's, there's you're no right pivot. though. It is hard. It's hard. It's all about timing. And if you don't, you're so right. It's, I guess, because I've done it for so long and people say it's so hard. I'm like, no, it, I, it, it's very natural to me, but I can see how that would be. That would be mm-hmm. difficult, I guess, you know? So I'm going to ask if you could explain, uh, since you did so many multicams, what does that look like? What, what is a, for, for, you know, the audience of people who watch them, the directors who have yet to direct them, like what is a multicam prep to shoot experience look like when you get that script okay so for us on for us on big bang we actually shot on um tuesday nights was our live show so wednesday we get our we get our um our new script or tuesday night rather and wednesday we'd have our table read Mm -hmm. so we would just do it all out at the table and network and everyone would be there and as the years went on in big bang we did not rehearse on a wednesday so we do our thing and we're gone thursday we come back and we do we rehearse and we do a run through in person for the network and the producers and get notes and by the end I would say by um season six we were no longer working on Fridays so it was a pretty amazing schedule (laughs) I'm hearing myself be like why am I not doing that again um so we (laughs) and then Mondays we we pre-shot so if we had some difficult scenes or stuff we needed to go on location or outside of the stage or whatever we shot that on Monday and then Tuesday was our live show. We would come in for audience show. We would come in at noon and we do like a um, blocking rehearsal around five and in front of the cameras and just for last minute notes, if there were any changes and we get some pages and uh, if there would were any changes. that be the changes, first time you blocked it? Like that Tuesday? Wait, yes. Okay. Yes. So second team would block it on Monday for camera. Um, so they would get that all down and then we would come in Tuesday and our second team was there and they're like, you stand there, you stand there. Um, mm-hmm. and we map it out with the cameras, kind of just do a nice walk through, um, and then go into hair and makeup and we would do our show at six 30 and we were, our show was crazy. Like we were done in like two hours. We would do two hour shows, um, because we do like two takes and boom, boom, boom. And there were very little, then the writers would come in. It's kind of a cool experience for people that have never seen it. Like, I had friends who were like, I want to sit in the audience. I'm like, why? And they were like, because it's so interesting. So they would sit in the audience and it'd be cool. Like after a take and Chuck and everyone would run in and be like, we have a better joke and quickly write that joke and then try and nail that. Yeah. And see if you can make them laugh harder. A joke kind of died there. You could see the guys back there like writing, writing, writing and quickly write. So you have to be like quick on your feet and ready to, ready to kind of, um, you know, try and sell it. So there's something about an audience that really is incredible. Um, that immediate reaction, you know, mm-hmm. and we had a true 
I get asked a lot, which I find fascinating, but like, was that a laugh track? And I was like, oh my God, no. Like these are very real people laughing very hard or not. And, and right. they really gave you that, that immediate, um, that immediate reaction, which was hard to, <laughs> when I went to flight and set it after this, I'm like, so is everyone going to be clapping after I do a take or like, I don't hear laughter. I did not know how to right. act. <laughs> like, season you, like, you hit the joke and you're like, I'm like Where's looking you? around and they're like, why is she looking around? We're still rolling 17 right. hours later. Yeah. Very different experience. <laughs> so uh, when you did the, if you shot something on Monday, like the things like yeah. right, uh, emotional or like location, right. Is the audience, is it shown to the audience on Tuesday? Yes. Okay. Yes. And so like, so they're we'll like, there's like this little gap and then they watch it and then you shoot the next bit? Yes. So if we had anything pre-shot, they, there's TVs up in the audience and so they would watch what we shot on Monday and uh -huh. then we'd go right back into, into the next scene. Um, but, by, by, you know, no, you go ahead. I was going to say, would, would there be like, um, I'm imagining there's like bar flies who are like people who come every week and, and you kind of know like, oh, that's that laugh of that guy or that woman, you know, who sits in row two, seat eight every week. Like, yeah, we, <laughs> we did have some interesting audience members by, by like season four on, these were like, we had no openings. Like they were, these audiences were booked for all seasons. Mm -hmm. um, and then we had a couple, um, a couple regulars that came in a lot. We had a lot of make a wish that we had a song, mm. which was, I think the most, those are my most um, special memories of our show is how mm. many people wanted to come in for make a wish and, and be on near the show and be in the audience and come talk to us. That was like, that was a game changer. I'm like, wow, this is like why we're doing this. But we mm. always had a space aside for anyone in that, wh whoever wanted to come with their families, they could come and, and hang out. And that was very special. That's awesome. And, yeah. and so eight simple rules, how many you did 76 episodes of that show? Is that true? Did that's, we really? That's, that's what IMDb reports. That does make sense. Cause I did a full season with John and then we did, yeah, we finished, we did the second season without him. And then we got picked up, I believe for, a, did we do a third? And we did one additional season, I think mm -hmm. with um, David Spade, James Garner, and um tried to kind of keep it going yeah All right um so then what was it like in between that uh concluding and the big bang theory it was like what about two or three years um yeah i think it? i i think i did a year of charmed after that i think i went in and did my my witchcraft year with the ladies yep. of charmed that was quite an experience um that was wild um so yeah i did a year there and then got this call for Big Bang. And I'm sure you know, I mean, most people do. I didn't get hired originally. They did a pilot and I auditioned for it and did not get it. And I remember Chuck Lorre being like, we're going to, it's okay. This is not right for you. We're going to, I'm going to work with you again. I was like, and I know Chuck forever. I'm like, we'll find something. And they did this pilot and a year goes by and it doesn't get picked up. And I hear they're revamping it. And Chuck called me. He's like, I have it. So we're going to do this again. And I'm like, really is like come back you got to come back in we've changed it all oh my god and I still went in and I did the whole thing and I went to test and I went to network and like all the stuff and ended up getting it the second time around um and so what, it was just yeah what's that experience like so you go you you audition horrible <laughs> horrible fucking horrible 
Yeah. <laughs> in a nutshell. In a nutshell. No, it's hard. I, my, my fellow actors, I understand. It's so tough. We So go in an audition for casting and mm. then maybe even another one and then call back with producer. And then you go to test for the studio. And then if you're still in the running, you go to network. I mean, these to get a show, get a pilot is like the amount of steps are crazy. And then chemistry read, I remember when I went to network, they had, um, I believe Jim was there. I believe I read with him, um, Jim Parsons, he plays Sheldon. And I read with him and we had a chemistry read and then they brought in the other girl and she had a, and then you have to wait. And it's like, oh my God, um, very nerve wracking, um, quite a process, which I think right. is still what they do today. I mean, it's wild what you, the hoops you have to go through. That's tough. Did, has any of that or your experience changed how you, not not changed, but like um, uh, governed how you work as a producer, right? Because yes. now people, people oh. are coming to be in your projects, right? Oh my God. Empathy is a big word. Um, complete empathy, understanding. Um, I just know now when I watch it, I understand. Like I know what they're going through. I know how hard they work. There's a million tapes coming in. I it's you're nervous you're not, I, all of these things I understand yeah. and it's it's tough it's actually extremely heartbreaking I mean you know like I don't want to say no to anybody and I I know how hard it is and it's this business is it's just tough it's really tough right right yeah it's so tough I mean there's like there are little things that I have to do in every now and then where it's like, okay, go, the background's lined up and go pick, you know, who you want. I'm like, oh God, like, I'm going to watch, I'm going to pick from behind this vehicle, you know, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to like walk by and be like, uh, I know, you, you know, like the, just the, just the act of that is, it feels really awkward, but I can imagine just like on being on a receiving end of it, you're like, it's it's your worst nightmare of the rejection, but like in all of its fucking elements. Because <laughs> normally it's it's an email, right? Or it's a phone call. Here it's like you. you I know. Yeah. I know. It's it there's no easy way around it either. It's really tough. It's really yeah. tough. I know. I also it makes me be also like working with actors that even come on our show and that are working with me and working. I know that feeling of being new. I understand that feeling, not knowing the set, not knowing this cast. Like I'm ultra aware of that. And again, going back to John, making everyone come in, feeling like they're part of the group and let's go have lunch. These little things matter. Like here's my number. Let me know if you need me. Um, I also, I'm like a big, like, I love gift giving and like matching the gift with the, so I make sure that I get something for everyone and that it's what they like. And I find out the things they enjoy and like those tiny little things and like a handwritten card and like I want them to know that I understand and that I'm so appreciative they're here and um I know it's not easy and it's it's a weird experience you know right. it's, it's got to be a little funny for people coming in so what were what were like the big takeaways if uh there were any different between Big Bang and A Simple Rules other oh, than gosh. The, the volume of episodes I know crazy. I know. I mean, I guess more eight simple eight simple rules was more me learning how, again how to be on set, how to be a leader, how to um, be kind to everybody, and then going into Big Bang, that was like a whole new experience um, with this cast and like learning. Oh my God, seeing the show grow, you know, after twelve years, and um, 
it was, that was just wild. I still can't believe also not taking it for granted. Like, I think there were times that I do regret that I feel like weeks and months go by and all of a sudden the season's over and I'm like, Oh, I can't wait for the summer. Like I wish that I had been more in the moment at times and been more grateful and like, um, not waiting for hiatus and all this stuff because mm -hmm. now it's done. And we were right. there a long time. And we, as a cast used to say that a lot too. Like we did acknowledge that we always used to get behind the, uh, before we came out for a curtain call at the beginning, we all huddle and give a big hug. And like, we always shared a moment. We did it every show night for 12 years. And, um, I, re I really remember those moments and I know my cast, the rest of the cast did too, but it was important right. to just stay present because, it doesn't last forever. And I don't think I'll have an experience like Big Bang again. That group, those friendships I had, um, that was, I feel, once in a lifetime. So yeah. I'd be lucky if it happened again, but that was truly once in a lifetime. Yeah, I mean, it's so, it's like a, it's like lightning in a bottle, right? Because even yes. the idea of like what people watch is changing. Oh, you know, yeah. The types of shows, I mean, I, I, it's all cyclical. So I'm sure sitcoms will come back and, uh, be huge again, whether it's for budget, because they're they're cheaper to produce, right? Yeah, right, and, right. And, and they make a whole lot more money. Uh, so they'll be back. But oh, yeah, I, you're I right. think they'll be back too. <laughs> I think they'll be back too. Um, everyone always said, what was it like to be on the last, probably the last sitcom that's ever, and I'm like, hold on a minute. Let's right. give it a few years. Everything comes back. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. But it definitely was a special experience that I, I hope that we have that again. Um, but I know it was special. Yeah, no, it's amazing. It's amazing to do something for that long. And, and the family of it all, the work people really do become family. Of course. Yeah. Unavoidable. Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Um, so before we transition into flight attendant, I, so do you have any, um, a preference for a film or TV? Like how, how is that kind of, how do you, how do you, in the world of all the things that you like to approach, like, where's your heart? I, my heart, I think is now moving into film. Um, but I think it's all been growing. It's like, I thought I'd be in sitcom for the rest of my life, happily, by the way. And then moving into flight attendant, which was a whole new experience where, you know, I'd done some single cam and some one hour stuff, but not really like not mm -hmm. at this, not at this level. Um, and I actually really liked it. I get a lot of people ask me like, do you like this better? Do you like sitcom better? Um, I actually like this and I like, and I, I'm, I'm excited for kind of the film life now to kind of see what I'm going to do there. But this has been, it feels like I've got to experience everything. I just feel so lucky. I've had my mm -hmm. hand in all the things. And if I ended up on a sitcom, by the way, I'd be I would be more than happy. People used yeah. to say that to me too. Like, oh, do you feel like typecast and stuck in sitcom land? And I'd be like, you guys, if I, that's true, then I'm happy. Like, mm -hmm. we should be grateful if we are <laughs> typecast mm -hmm. on a great sitcom that makes people laugh. And But I've been able to do all these things and I just feel lucky to work. I mean, that it doesn't matter who you are. Um, or what you did yesterday. Oh, people only right. care what you're doing, what you're doing next. You know, they're not right. looking at any of that. Um, so yeah, it's, I'm just, I'm lucky to be working, honestly. This is Carl Seaton and you're listening to Let's Shoot with Pete Chap. Transitions. A Director's Journey and Motivational Handbook is Pete Chapman's book from Michael Weezy Productions. 
What started in 1993 has been a marathon of persistence and creative pivots, transitioning from indie filmmaker to teaching at NYU's acclaimed film school, to running a production company, to directing television and commercials, and ultimately eyeing a return to the feature films that gave him a start. A mixture of how-to, self-help, and inspiration, this book is for any person targeting a successful career in the creative arts. Transitions, a director's journey and motivational handbook from Michael Weezy Productions. So do you think what you, like how you kind of started with, you know, all these different interests and, and your parents pushing you to kind of hop around and keep multiple kind of balls in the air so you wouldn't feel the rejection. It, did that compel you or propel you to producing? Like what makes I, you? I never wanted to produce. I was like very against it. So deep into Big Bang, we had these amazing deals on the table for uh, the actors. And it was, do would you like to produce? We can have a pod for you at Warner Brothers, which means the you know, little production company, you can make your own stuff. I was never interested for years. And I remember having a conversation with Johnny Galecki. We were outside um, before a show and he had built his company before me because I had kept turning it down. I'm like, I don't want to produce. And he goes, what? He goes, aren't you going to do this? This is so great. I'm like, I'm not really ready. And he goes, I totally, because he knows me so well. He's like, I hear you. He's like, when you're ready, you'll be ready. And he, he knew me and he let it go. And he went and did his thing. And I knew if I found the right project, I wasn't just going to produce because they were telling me that I could. Mm -hmm. I, they were like, you know, they were really giving me whatever I wanted. And I'm like, I'm not ready for this. My heart's not in it. I am all or nothing. You've worked with me. You understand. I am. There's no gray, which also I'm working on in therapy because I need some gray. <laughs> it's like all or nothing. Like, can we no just gray. like, well, no, I know. No gray. She's like a little balance. I'm like, uh. so it was like, I'm either going to go full force and produce my, my ass off or I want nothing to do with it. So mm -hmm. I just wasn't ready. And I knew if I found the right project that I would dive right in. And here comes flight attendant. So boom. So how did you, did, did you pick up the book? Like how did, how did this thing come together? Cause it, it's such a, it's such a, um, I mean, talk about a pivot from one, one thing to the next and, and, and land and landing the dismount. Thank you. Thank you. That's so nice. Um, well, my team who I should mention, I've been with my team for 20 years. Um, my agents, managers, attorneys, there's like 20 team Cuoco and I've been with them my whole life. So it's mm -hmm. important to say that because I know that's rare um, right. and it's a very, very lucky. So towards the end of Big Bang, they were like, what do you want to do next? Like, I don't know. They're like, do you want to adapt a book? Do you want to, you could, whatever you want, you know? But I was always like, ah, it'll come, it'll come. And as they're like, what the fuck is she doing? Like we need to decide. And, but they're like, are you sure? I'm like, guys, we're going to find something. This is how I am. So they're like, okay, well, you know, if you see a book you like, we can do that. So I was, I was um, skimming Amazon upcoming releases and I saw the cover of Flight Attendant. It wasn't released yet. It was just that cover with the hair. And I get the one line. It was like alcoholic, fun loving alcoholic flight attendant wakes up in the wrong city next to a dead body what happens next and I was like oh I got this Ooh. like intense chill yeah. like intense and I was like and I'm like on my phone and I immediately email my team and I go what's this does anyone know what this book is and, and does Reese Witherspoon have the rights <laughs> they were like 
they were like, probably, let me check. I'm like, I'm not even going to read this unless I know that she does not have this book. I was convinced, by the way, all, all power to her. I'm always trying to copy her. I'm like, damn it, she got that one too? It's book, um, book of the month. She's quick. Yeah. She's quick. She's quick. Um, so I called my attorney and he's like, actually, no one has this yet. It's not even out. And I'm like, I want it. And they go, we go, did you read it? I'm like, mm-hmm, totally lied. I had not read it. And the whole team's texting me like, this is the one. I'm like, this is the one. I'm like, get, you got to get moving on this. So, and I knew it would take a while. So I had a minute to read it, but I knew the, the ball needed to roll. And right. so they start doing all this stuff. I, of course, read it. Thank God I liked it. That would have been embarrassing. And um, I knew that I, this was it. I said, this is, this is a show. And got the rights. There was a bidding war. It was very exciting. And once I got the did, rights, to did book, your interests raise the interests of other people? Is that kind of yes. what happened? Yeah, I, be I believe so. Um, I feel like that always happens. It's like, well, why did that person want it? And it became like a thing. And I right. ended up getting on with a, a personal relationship with the writer, Chris Bajalian. I was, and I literally wrote him this whole letter. I said, I told him exactly how I wanted to do this. This is so special. I went on and on and on. And so he really liked that. Um, and so then when I got the book, I was like, well, what the hell am I supposed to do now? I've never produced anything in my life. I have no idea what I'm doing. My show is ending. So I'm like, I'm just going to march into Peter Roth's office at Warner Brothers and say, this is the next thing. And it's literally what I did. I walked in. I did not have an appointment. And his assistant, who I've known forever, is like, I go, I know. Can you have 10 minutes? And Peter always makes time for me. He's like, Kaylee, come in. So I had the book. It was a Friday. And I go, this is, this is the show. This is a show. And he looks at the back. He goes, are you going to play Cassie? I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to play Cassie. He goes, I'll read it this weekend. And he did. And he called me Monday and he goes, okay, you ready to set up an office here? And I was like, yes. I'm like, so this is, I'm going to launch my company and it's going to be around this book. I said, wow. it's a show. And he goes, you got it. Let's do it. And I had an office the next day. And then we hired Steve Yockey, who came in and made this amazing pitch for what he saw for this. And I was like, this, I remember I was sitting in our, our room with my partner, Suzanne McCormick. And I looked at Suzanne, I'm like, are we allowed to hire him? And she's like, no, I think we have to ask other people. I'm like, I think we should just hire him. <laughs> and she goes, I'm glad to know that you like him, but I think we have to ask permission, which we did. Uh -huh. And then Peter, Peter Roth was like, I think we need to set you up with Berlanti, who I'd never worked with and never met. And I said, I, I said, do you think they'll want to take this on? Like they kind of do their own stuff. And he goes, I don't know. You never know until you walk in. And we had a meeting with Sarah Schechter and um, yeah, and I was terrified. For those of you that don't know, Sarah Schechter is the queen behind Greg Berlanti's productions. Um, she's incredible and has become to be a mentor to me in my life. But first time I met her and I had my little book and I'm like, so I just got the rights to this book. <laughs> you guys want to produce it? Because I don't know what I'm doing. And they read it and they were like, let's do it. And I, I was, I mean, all these things. And I was like, yeah. what? Like they said, yes. Like I couldn't believe it. And that's how the beginning of this went. It was nuts. That's amazing. And that was, so was that like 2018, 2019? That was, oh my goodness. 2018 uh, yeah like it was about four years ago it was about four years ago yeah wow. uh, maybe even a little longer longer for me for sure but yeah it's been which I guess everyone keeps saying once I got season one up and running it looked very fast like comparatively I'm like fast I, I think mm -hmm. I was so used to sitcom I'm like this is taking forever but I, right. I couldn't understand right. I'm like god 
damn, how does stuff get made? Um, it felt like an eternity, but people were like, no, you got that up pretty quickly. So we did our eight episodes, but it was wild. Like I kept getting, I just kept getting through the right door and people kept setting me up and with the right people. And I think also being a producer is like not being the smartest person in the room and like looking around being like, this person is going to help me get this person. It's interesting, Mm -hmm. right? Like using, using these people around you. And that's, I mean, that's the truth. There's such a, you know, I, I say this all the time on, on the podcast, but like the industry is driven by fear and insecurity. And and the way that that reveals itself is people grabbing for power that they don't deserve, you know, and the project's ultimately suffering. And when you know, like, you know, you aren't the smartest person in the room, but it's your taste that's pushing it forward. You know, like like you've got to be the governing sense of taste to then choose who are the people that can move it in the right direction with their unique talents. Yeah. Like then I don't understand why people don't get that. Because at then you get the credit for all the dope shit, you know, and like <laughs> and, 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 and but like you also create an environment where like people are going to uh do their thing and and you know getting a little bit ahead of myself, but that was what I really liked about doing your show, which was like, interpret, figure out how you want to shoot that part, you know, or like, um, uh, block it how you're thinking or whatever, like that whole uh, mind palace stuff that we had to do. Like that was, that was a lot of thought, you know? Yeah, no kidding. Um, And it was, it was wild, but it was great because it was like, welcomed. Absolutely. The weirder, the better. That's what I loved about this show. I think also going backwards, when I read this book initially, it was a very dramatic book. There was nothing funny about it. And I want to make sure I say that because I remember reading it going, okay, this feels too far off from what I've been doing, which we're allowed to take these risks, but I'm like, we've got to make it a little bit more my voice a little Mm -hmm. bit quirkier. We got to, I got to have some laughs. It's got to be a little silly at the same time. And I was very adamant about the tone of this show being what it is today which was not an easy thing to do quite the tightrope of like is it funny is it dramatic is it this I wanted it to be all the things um and so I had to find the right people that was like okay this could be interesting and um I needed it to be in my voice still so that it didn't look like what the hell is Kaylee Cuoco trying to do here you know right right so what did you learn between uh, from season one that you applied to season two, which is coming out soon? Or maybe by the that, time I release this, it'll be out. I might. Be I might yes, it should yeah. be. Um, that making a show is hard and, <laughs> and other people feel that way too. A lot of understanding, a lot of conversations, um, patience. Um, that I also learned, this is just from my own, I learned that Kaylee doesn't like to watch early cuts. Kaylee needs to wait a while because she does not understand that things are good. I'm like, what this can't, where's the music? I could not wrap my brain. And Suzanne, my partner's like, it's, that's not done yet. I'm like, but the color, what? I, I, it, that was very hard to accept. Um, it was also, people were wondering- Did you stop watching them? Yes, yes, okay. 100%. Especially this season. I said, you know what? I started watching the very like the network cuts and then giving mm-hmm. a couple of things that I felt here and there. But I also, after now working with a lot of this team season one, trust them immensely. I know they know what I want. My biggest thing 
for my, my biggest note that I've had, I'm like the comedy driver, right? So when the show starts to feel too, I end up going in going, I, I think we need a comedic moment here. Like that's where I get the most fear because it is a comedy. We were nominated for comedies. Like I wanted to make sure that we stuck with that. And so that's the only time I would kind of interject and be like, I think we need some funny music here. Like, and we kind of, you know, because it is dark and it is, the show's nuts. And even more so this season, which obviously made it so much more fun. But um, yeah, I think that I, I definitely learned a lot from season one. And again, even more so not being the smartest person in the room, asking for help, saying, asking my questions, you know, during these meetings where everyone's talking, you're like, wait, I don't know what that means. That was mm -hmm. a big one too. Not being like embarrassed or like, I always used to say, okay, dumb question, dumb question. Right. And Sarah would be like, there, no, do not say that. You have a question. Right. So now I just say a question. There's <laughs> a, there's a, I used to get, uh, God, uh, Esquire magazine in my younger days. And, uh, yeah. they, they had this thing called, um, answer fella. And it was like a Q and a, right. People would write in their questions about, you know, dating, grooming, shit like that. And the, um, byline was, there are no dumb questions. There are just dumb people who don't ask questions. That's and good. I, was I like, like that. I like That's that. That's great. I like that too. I like that too. Because I think if you don't ask, it'd be funny too, because I'd be like nervous, season one, like afraid to ask something or, and then someone else would ask it. I'm like, oh, I should have said like, and then you hear someone else who's like way farther along than you in this producing right. process. And they're asking those questions. So I definitely got braver. Um, and I think just more understanding, I think also this season, I was much more in tune with my crew. I was mm -hmm. season one for sure, but this was different for some reason. Um, I don't know. I was just much more worried about everyone to make sure everyone was taken care of. There's just so many things to pay attention to as a producer. You're, you know, you're just trying to fix problems. Right. And mm -hmm. I wanted people to feel like they could come to me, even though I was also shooting, I really wanted to be that producer that anyone at any moment could be like, I have a question or I need help. Right. That was like a big deal to me. Right. Um, so this is an interesting, uh, I don't know, it's not, maybe it's not, but here's a question. Uh, I think it's interesting though, in the sense of like, you're number one on the show, you're a producer on the show. Um, and I want to kind of ask a question for directors. Like, how do you, what is it like when you're working with a director and you kind of have all those hats on, you know what I mean? Like, um, I don't want to lead. I'll just throw that out there. No, it's, um, so I am like a queen multitasker. It's actually frightening. I can be like in a scene crying in the scene. And when we call cut, I can watch like someone's self tape on my phone and be like, totally right there with you. I know my dialogue. That's the one I, I, I'm really good at that. They season one, they were calling me the octopus because I had 9,000 arms. And I was like, I can go there. I've like, I've, I've always been good at that. I'm curious what was told to you. Like as a director coming in, I know what my, like, I always tell Suzanne, tell who's coming in. Like I'm very, um, I'm a little in the moment. I don't love to block. I don't love to like, I, and I think I said to you, like, tell me where you want me to start, where you want me to end. And I will find my way there. You were so amazing with that too. And so respectful of that, of kind of how it works, but everyone is different. So now right. I make sure that they know that's how I work, but I'm curious. I, I know it was told to you, but I'm curious what mm -hmm. that said to you. Cause we, obviously we met in an interview, but we'd never worked together. Right. So what did that say to you? It was like, Oh God, this chick's going to be a nightmare. What's this going to, what did that look like? <laughs> well, you know, so for me, like, it's because I hop around and hop around and yeah. hop around, I, I, there's a, 
I'm, I compartmentalize myself in a way because I know when I show up, I'm there for your show. Right. So like if, 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 if they were like, you know, she, she doesn't know her lines, uh, but by the fourth take, she's good. Like, I'd be like, I, I got to figure out how to work with that shit. Like, that's what it is, right? um, and maybe there'll be some epiphanies I'll learn about the creative process that I wouldn't have known otherwise. But um, it was shared that you, uh, you know, were o- okay with the blocking being set, which is for yeah. me, I'm like, cool because by the time I show up I've blocked it out like four different ways so I can have fallback ideas should there not be buy-in or if I'm like you know you don't know all the shit that you know you might you might pitch a blocking and it's like oh well they did it like that an episode ago that I didn't get to see a cut of and we don't want to do it exactly like that so I'm like oh okay well now I have to think about it in another way so I like that because it told me that my well, my extraction from that advice was you are trusting and hopefully hiring the right people. If the blocking is wrong or not, not wrong, but like not enhancing the scene, yeah. then you'll let me know. But it allows you, it also told me you're busy. Yes. I was like, yeah, you other... do that side. Yeah. I don't need right. to deal with that. You do that. Right. Exactly. I uh, immensely trust everyone that came in, especially you and I was like you set it up you set it up tell me where to where do you need me to get to which I always love to say because I'm like tell me because the show is so wild right Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. and you had such a cool vision I've obviously watched so much stuff that you've directed I'm like this guy's so fucking cool like there's no I knew we were gonna have a good situation the two of us Mm -hmm. like immediately the day that I met you I knew I'm like you know you just you just know I'm like this is gonna be he gets it he gets me I got you um, and just the way you are, like, as an actor, you know, not having worked with you before, it's like, you were so, you always made me feel like my choices were right. And mm-hmm. you, you, I, I mean, you acted like they were all, and then you'd come in like, that was great. How about, well, let's, can we try it? And you, the way you, it's the way you that there's such a way to communicate with someone, right? You can say so many different things in such a way. You were just, I just felt so good with you. I always felt like we had it. I, and you, you, by the way, baby girl loves fast. You are so, I'm like, everyone knows I am like, you can't keep up with me. It's a problem. Like I need to like, you are almost faster than me. I'm like, oh yeah, I like this guy. This is, this is really, really good. But because that shows confidence in you, when you're that way, I'm looking at you going, oh my God, my leader knows exactly what it, there's no worry. I don't have to, you never look shook up I think that's what's amazing whether you even were if, even if I was <laughs> yes even if you right. were you never show a moment mm. of work it is really impressive I mean mm. we all talked about it too your your crew felt that way too it's like you never looked worried you never showed it and I think that is huge because it makes everyone feel like they're secure and safe well this this is heartening thank you I mean it's that's true awesome. Um, because you also don't get to hear, like you, you do a show and then you leave I know. and you're like, uh, I hope shit was cool. You know, I, and know. I, I guess the only way you, you really know is if you get invited back, you're like, oh, okay. I guess they were, they were okay with that. You know what I mean? But you often just kind of, you don't have a certainty. And in, and in this world of, um, you know, Hollywood, it's like, I, I tell other directing friends who are like, oh, I'm trying to get in. And I'm like, yo, you, you can't really put an emotional value on anything because 
like I've had meetings that were amazing that I didn't get. And then I've had meetings that I've walked out like that was the most awkward motherfucker I've yeah. ever met in my life. And then they're like, yo, so they want to hire you. And you're like, I can't call it. You like, just don't know. It's I so can't call true. It, it yeah. really is true. You don't know until you're there. You can hear, you're so right. You could hear things about people. You get recommendations. Mm -hmm. Sometimes personalities just clash. Right. Um, and it means nothing about those people. So you, you don't know until you're in it. Also, this show is so, it's a lot of me and you're with me a lot. And I always took that consideration with the directors like, come in. I'm like, my God, they've got to be like sick of my fucking face by now. Like this is like, too, how are they not? I'm sick of hearing myself talk. Um, so the patience that you had and just, it's a lot of FaceTime with someone. Um, it's a lot of how was that though for you playing um, and again I, I'll this will come out after the show's out yes, so yes, pl playing yes. playing the multiple Cassies you know what the hell was that like well I agreed to it a long time ago and then when I started playing 17 Cassies I'm like who agreed to this yeah, <laughs> yeah. no it was great look experience of a lifetime never done anything like that obviously um that and working with that sort of camera and like that was such an interesting wild mm -hmm. experience with the multiples it was you know it was a little much at times but it was awesome and then seeing the cuts and stuff going oh my god and learning how to you think like you're looking like obviously I had this amazing double everyone knows her name is Monette I had multiple doubles but Monette who played basically my other Cassie the whole time and her and I became so exact in what we were doing. She was a huge part of this show. I make sure I tell everybody that because I want her to get credit and I feel like she's not going to. And she was, I couldn't have done this without her. Um, she was truly my double, my acting double, my friend, everything. And, but we had such a way that I was able to look at her and we were the exact same height. And then you'd go watch and you're like, why does it look like I'm like, I had to learn because we right. weren't really, and then working against like a green screen or like a tennis ball or like myself from these other doubles. And like, it just was, it was wild. And it was a huge learning experience, right. um, especially for someone who the hardest part for me, because I love to wing it. I couldn't do that with stuff There's like no this. Wing. No, no. Not at all. no, couldn't wing it, it I mean, and couldn't be like, sure. Like I had to be really exact, which was right. very hard for me. Right, right. Yeah, and then I remember even just like, um, there was, I think the first time that I did one of those scenes, the, oh gosh, I, it wasn't Monette, it was it was uh, another double. Okay, and, yeah. And she was not slouching the way that, that you I stand as that character. And then you're like, oh shit, yeah, that eyeline's gonna be off, like yes. just the hair. But like, when all we're looking at is, is you know a 50 50 of two of you like we're really scrutinizing it right and like like i'm the guy who i can't you you show me a dead body in the show and i'm like are they breathing yeah they breathe. right. you know what i mean like so like it's it, people looking, are going to be checking to make sure that the device is actually like you know foolproof and a hundred percent and that is so not how i work i hate detail i hate being like feeling like a robot um, so there were things that were new for me in this experience that I had to learn. Um, it just isn't my normal way of working, but it, it did flex a new muscle. It was, it, it was hard for me and it was a challenge that I, I didn't expect. And I was at moments, I remember <laughs> there were a few breakdowns during this season 
we were doing one, me and Monette, and I had to match exactly what I'd done before. And I was like, I, by the way, I don't match ever. I don't even know. I, I have my hands up here. And I'm holding this. I put it down. Like I am, I feel so bad for the script supervisor. I don't know how they're able to match me ever. I, I had to match this one thing. Like I, I could not get it. I could not get it. And I just started, I started crying. I'm like, I, the, I'm like, I'm done. I'm broken. I can't do it. Like it really in that moment, that was it for me. And I just walked outside. I'm like, I, this is, this is that moment. This is that moment where I'm going to decide right now, this is, you're going to go back in there. You can do this, but it really got to me because it makes you feel like you're not doing enough, you know? Um, but it was, it was just, it was wild. And when things come naturally to me and this, this did not, that, that right. did not. So what, uh, as it's, uh, now that it's out, you know, yes. uh, speaking in the future on the day of this recording, like, <laughs> what do you uh, hope comes out of season two? Like, as far as like, you, whether it's the story that it's being told, you know what I mean? The themes or like what an audience might take away, like. You know, season one really was, was good. And that was my fear doing a second season. Cause you're like, why are we going to touch that? Like that was. Mm. So trying to, and I actually think that we might've, I think we might've done, it's bigger this season. Um, it's, it, there's way more stuff. It's on a whole different level. The cast is completely outrageous. The places that we went, the, obviously the Mind Palace this year is unbelievable. Um, it was great last time. And then we just took it to a whole new level. So I hope people see the work that went into it um, and that they also can, what I love about the show is the minute it gets a little too dramatic, there's going to be a laugh. And that's what I've always loved about it. And I hope people can just sit back like they did last season and be like, this is really fun. This is a joy. This is fun. Um, the biggest surprise for me season one was obviously coming off Big Bang and feeling so um, accepted by mm. the business. Um, I was so worried about people being like, why is Penny doing this? Like, why is she was on that? And she's a sitcom girl. And now she thinks she can play this. Like, I was so worried about that. And what's funny is after season one came out, it was as if they let me just jump on this new path and mm -hmm. they accepted it and they supported mm -hmm. me. And it gave me, it was so unbelievable. I, I, I didn't expect that. I expected a lot of judgment right. um, and I got so much love. And so I hope this season is the same. I am so proud of what we did. No one can get me down because I know how hard every person worked. All of our directors, all of our crew, the sets, all this stuff. I mean, we went to freaking Iceland. We went to Berlin. Like it was a big undertaking and yeah. I'm very proud of it. And I just hope people can just enjoy it and say, that was really fun. That was a really fun show to watch. I think that'll be the case. I, I mean, it, it was definitely top. Season one was great. You wonder like, what would you do to up the ante and I think it's called season two well, so, <laughs> well that's very I think it's nice in there. that's very um, nice I just hope I get to work with you again because you are just a gem you are so special likewise. you are such a badass you are so respected I can't even tell you every person I talked to so much of the crew still they're my and they're like they knew I was doing this day they're like tell Pete I have 10 people that want to say hi to you by the way I should just text you all these people that are like tell Pete hi we love Pete Tell them hi back. It was it was well, a hell of a time. It really was. <laughs> it was and wow. and I can't um I'm so, I'm super proud of the episode, you know, you the show be. as well, but like the episode uh such a big swing. And I Huge. feel like I don't know what happened after I turned in my cut, but I can assume it only got better. 
I'm sure it's a special episode. Mm -hmm. That was a highly emotional one with so many visuals and all the stuff you had to do in that mind palace. Um, I have a question for you coming in to a show, like with the, all that shit we had to do. Was there any moment where you were like, what is the, like, how are we getting, was there any worry from you or like, cause you never show anything yeah. and you're right. Cause you bounce around. So you, you go in all these shows and you put your mark and then you go, but that's yeah. like also really scary. How do you do that? Now I'm interviewing you. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, <laughs> well you, you, you see. Um, yeah. 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 The, Tell me, the, I want to know. I, so, okay. Here's a, here's a short story to answer that. I, back in my New York days, I used to, before I ever did anything of any scope, I would like walk by and I'd see like all like 18 trucks taking over a whole like street. And I, and it would, I would look at that and be like, man, like, how do you, where do you start? And then that turned into like, well, there's probably like, there's gotta be a best angle from which to approach the whatever whatever is written like how do you you know if I, if I was going to build a skyscraper you know I'd, ha I'd have to remove the dirt is step one you know what I mean and so like I'm often just trying to like take the complication out and simplify it to like okay here's what I need to do or like even when it when it's blocking like I'll literally be like okay what the fuck would a real person do like right right <laughs> like right, right. I'm, I'm getting yeah. to it's 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 all of these things but then like um like for instance like with the um uh the the synchronized swimming of it all like oh my god yes I'm like well okay that's cool but like what would speak to Cassie as she's watching it and I was like oh I think we should have her come up and do all this and present the vodka bottle you know which like wasn't like it wasn't a written bit in there but I was like I think I need something like that to kind of communicate it um so for me it's just like I don't know trying to like think okay mind palace I understood it yep but then in this episode it was it broke from what had been established yes. Exactly. And so, it's totally different. And that was interesting because we had a lot of conversation about it. Um and and we had, you know, differing, differing takes, right? Of course. Um, I always felt like it needed, as long as we had like some kind of portal between the two worlds, you would buy it. And as long as, you know, we had an angle from which to look at how these Busby Berkeley sequences would always be experienced, which is high. I was like, well, all right, I need a portal and I need to do something that gets low yeah. to show that she's looking down. And then after that, I, I guess you'll buy it. <laughs> you know well, what I mean? Wow, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, wow. you know, it's kind of like what's, I don't know, there's always like a, there's always like a first step. And yeah. I think if you, if you can make the right first step and, and trust your instincts on that, then, you get the support of Nina, you know, with production design, you get the Amazing. support of Jet, you know what I mean? And like, um, but just trying to keep it true to that. That's so, so cool. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. That's so cool. And then knowing sometimes I think too, like getting in, then you've got all this prep and then sometimes it's like totally changes in the moment too. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, this is not what I thought. That goes for me too, of thinking it's going to be one way and then me like, not going to work. We're going to pivot right. here. This is how it's going to be. And like being okay with that, which is also kind of yeah. hard sometimes, but anyway, yeah. I and, then, and then Steve had a great, <laughs> Steve had a great idea where, cause it was like, 
well, how are we going to know, like, how are we going to connect the two? And he was like, well, you, the swimmers should walk, like, bump her in the bar before, like, she gets out. It's like, ah, that's it. That's That was that's a good I'm, little thing. Yeah. yeah. That, that's that, why you're, that was you're, good. You're, you're kosher running this thing, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a good ad. I don't know if that was written or if that was last minute, but I liked that a lot. Yeah, yeah, a lot. yeah. So it was, it cool. was, it's, it's amazing. I, I can't wait for people to see it. Um, me too. Me too. Think, You're awesome. I think to your point about like, you know, like folks letting or, or the industry, the industry embracing what you were doing at coming out of or off of Big Bang. Yeah. I think that interesting thing now is that it's more audience driven, right? Yeah. Because like go back, you know, 10 years, it's like you have these people in rooms deciding what the fuck we're going to watch arbitrarily based on their own taste. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. And, and now I think, you know, something like, you know, flight attendant comes out and it's like, Oh, I like this as, as yeah. the collective, you know, I individual eyes that make up the whole viewing population. And then uh, it drives, I think, it, I think that's what is the driver now. And then, um the industry embraces it totally agree yeah and a little bit of luck <laughs> so hey, a little bit of luck so bit. final 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 two questions and okay. of course they are they are multi um i'll ask this one first okay. um what are three characteristics that you think um doesn't have to be an actor um could be could just be anyone in this industry, but uh, that someone needs to make it in this industry? Oh, gosh. A good family. Mm. And I know that's not, everyone doesn't have the, fam a, you know, for me, what got me, my parents are absolutely wonderful and they've been so supportive of these choices I've made. So that's huge. Mm -hmm. um, finding a team that you trust. And I, I think I see, I have, I have some friends and we've talked about this. Try to stay as loyal as you can. You know, I see people bouncing. Oh, mm. this didn't work out. So I'm going to fire this agent. I'm going to go to this one. Like you're going to receive the work and the, the loyalty back. You need to st stay in your lane for a bit, like commit to the people that you've committed to the bouncing around. All it does is show that you have no faith in the people around you. And I know things happen. And obviously, again, my situation is rare that I've been with mine for so long. And I know people have said that, like, well, not everyone has a team for 20 years. I totally get that. But try and find someone that you really can, that you trust as your voice. So you mm -hmm. don't have to micromanage every single thing. Um, I also think perseverance. I mean, you never know what that project's going to be. You never know what's going to be the thing that's going to all of a sudden put you on the map. You just don't know. And I know right. it's frustrating and I know auditioning is hard and I know there are people out there where it's just, it can really get you down. You don't know that next project is what's going to, you're going to blow up and you're going to do exactly what you wanted to do, but it, it is hard work and there are a lot of people trying to do it. So keep going, especially if it's something that you love, keep, keep, keep going. I promise you. Um, even though when, it can be very difficult. Love it. Love it. Um, and the final question is, if someone were to tell the story of your life, um, what, so it's multi, it's multi-pronged. What format would it be in? It could be TV show, short film, web series. <laughs> um, who would start, oh, what genre? Is it comedy, drama, you know, whatever. 
um, who would star as you and then uh, who would direct it? You would direct it, obviously, if you're if you have the time. Um, I'm available. I, I doubt it, but I find some time. Um, I think it would be a comedy. <laughs> it would be very funny or kind of the tone with Light Attendant, the dramedy. Mm-hmm. Um, who would star in it? That is, oh my gosh. Okay, I know my sister doesn't look much like me, but if you put her in a blonde wig, we'll you guys exactly do look alike. alike though. We actually do. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I yes. recognize. Oh, I recognize no. when at the family day that you had at the at the at yeah. the ranch she walked by and like smiled i hadn't met her. i was like that looks like her sister like and, oh, and it was like funny. mask and like a hat we have actually the same features mm-hmm. and we have the exact same mannerisms we have the same laugh she knows me better than anyone and she's a fantastic actor and i think she should play me <laughs> because she has she knows all the things my sister is brilliant um and i keep telling her too that she's on the brink of of greatness herself so um watch out for her for sure and is it is it a movie is it a uh episodic is it a limited series you know i think it's a movie it's a movie i think it's a movie yeah i like that all right (laughs) that's it that's all i got (laughs) oh Um, man this has been awesome. Uh, thank you for, uh, after telling me you never do podcasts, thank you for uh, sitting down for a little bit on a Sunday. Um, and yeah, I can't wait to see um, how well the show does. And I know, um, gosh, Emmy, I got my, I got my uh, link to start submitting Emmy things by June 1st, I think, or something oh like that. Oh my so, gosh, you are so sweet. Thrust. That means a lot to me. Um, it was super an honor to work with you. And I told you I would do anything you ever needed from me. So um, I'm in for life. You're definitely a friend for life. And I hope that we work together again very soon. Likewise. I'm sure we will. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. What's up, people? This is Pete Chapman. Follow me on Instagram and on Twitter via at Pete Chapman. Follow the pod on Facebook on our Let's Shoot with Pete Chapman official page and hit up our mailbag with questions, suggestions, or hey, donations if you're feeling like it via Let's Shoot with Pete Chapman at gmail.com. And just in case you need to know how to spell it, that's Pete with the last name C-H-A-T-M-O-N. All right, y'all. Hope you enjoyed that. Episode 38 of Let's Shoot with Pete Chapman. Episode 39 is coming soon. I've uh, locked in the guests. I have not locked in a time, uh, but in uh, soon enough, I will confirm uh, the time and I will let you know when that episode is dropping. But um, I think it'll be another director interview, a really amazing director I've had the pleasure of working with. And... Um, I think you'll enjoy. So as always, in the meantime, stay safe, spread love, and keep creating.